What is up? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Shred Show Live with me, your host, Josh Pitts. And I'm excited. It's a Friday. We're all excited. Plus, it's a Friday the 13th, nonetheless. If anything couldn't get more exciting in this world than it already is, we're throwing a Friday 13th into the 2020 mix. So very, very exciting stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to be welcoming Jim Paulino, CEO and founder of Lodestar, to the show. I've never had Jim on the show, and I can't believe, I, I don't know why I've never had Jim on the show. I've met him at events before, but this is one of the guys in our industry who is continuing to do so many valuable things for us as originators and for us as industry professionals. And we're going to dive into that here on the show today. But before we get into it, if you're joining us live right now, make sure you comment hashtag shred. That means you are live. You are shredding with Jim and I. And if you're joining us on the replay, comment hashtag hustle because you're out there, you're hustling, you're getting it done. Then you're coming back right here to get what you need to be successful in your business. But Jim, Thank you so much for joining us, man. Welcome to the Shred Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Pretty sure no one else wanted to uh, risk it and be on uh, November, Friday the 13th. So. Right? Everybody was a little bit nervous. They're like, right, there's a lot that can go wrong on that day. I'm just going to stay way the heck away from it. But so, yeah. Jim, again, talking about being the founder, CEO, you've been in this industry a long time. You're mm -hmm. one of the leaders of our industry. People look to you as a visionary. Yeah. And being the CEO of Lodestar, for those who don't know what Lodestar uh, software solutions are, maybe give them a little bit of a kind of an idea of what Lodestar actually does. Sure, absolutely. And thanks so much again for having me, Josh. Um, so I second generation in this industry, grew up in the title insurance industry. Um, and basically as on a whim for a project for that company 11 years ago, I had to build a fee calculator. I had to help them quote fees to their to their clients who were mostly originators. Um, huh. And that is evolved into what has become Lodestar. So what we do now um, is we d work directly with lenders and we help them accurately quote fees for the loan estimate form that eventually goes to the consumer. And as your listeners know, um, that takes a lot of time, that takes a lot of, can cost a lot of money if there's cures. Um, and we are able to help our clients drop their cures by 85% and really just automate the heck out of that disclosure process, saving them time, saving us money, and then having them focus on all the other fun stuff uh, that you get to work with them on. Well, that is such a big deal because I think that's that's part of the process that it is such a crucial crucial piece of the origination process. And sometimes I think it's just kind of like, oh, well, that's part of it. No big deal. But it is a big deal. I mean, you're helping. You're making sure you're the guy, you're the company that can save us as an originator or having an origination company. You, you can save us thousands of dollars, like thousands. If we make those mistakes, if those aren't caught, we can get hosed on the deal. So what you guys do, in my opinion, and in most anybody who originates, and especially those who own a mortgage company, they know that this is a cr crucial part of the origination process. And ultimately, it benefits the consumer as well, making sure those numbers are correct, making sure when they are disclosed, that it's like, oh, yeah, of course, these are this is what it should be. So you, it's funny hearing that backstory, you know, coming up with a, you know, origination loan calculator to now you're the CEO and founder of this, of this growing corporation. And, and I'm excited today because you're not just that, that's of course what Lodestart does, but you have a, an extensive knowledge when it comes to this industry and where this industry is going. And of course we, we titled today's show millennials, marketing and technology. There's a lot of things. Millennials are a growing. It's always a topic of conversation in this industry. And it's, you know, how are we bringing more millennials into the industry? How are we trying to target them? And you know, what are your thoughts when it comes to the the rising generation, the new generation of loan officers, of originators coming into our industry? How are we targeting mm -hmm. them? How should we be working with them? How should we be trying to get their attention? 
I think for a while there was a, a position in the industry that certain people took that no one wanted to work with millennials, but they all wanted to sell to millennials. <laughs> um, and it's, it's very happy to see that changing now. About six years ago when I was starting out, I called on a company once about our solution. And the answer I got was, oh, our owner doesn't really like the internet. And that was six years ago, but imagine that now, right? Oh, imagine amazing. someone saying that in this world we're living in. It's like, okay, great. Like, I hope you like not eating like, right. like you know it's 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 a wild thing to think of um and i think the industry is improving especially as more younger people get involved and i think people realize how important it is serving millennials looking at their needs are them as just a big home buying contingent in the industry and I think the biggest misunderstanding for me is the fact that they think the whole process is going to happen on the phone, right? Sure. Everything's going to happen online. It's going to be from start to finish. We need to do everything on the phone. And I think it's it's very not what the case is. Sure, every search is going to start that way. And as you know better than most, having someone able to look you up within the first 30 seconds, whether it be LinkedIn, whether it be Facebook, whether it be your website, and then be feeling comfortable if, with you as a person yeah. is incredibly important. Um, but then you have to talk to them. You have to go out and you have to make them comfortable because I think one thing that is underestimated about millennials is the level of loyalty in the process and how quickly they want to work with an expert. No, and I totally agree with that. There is a sense of loyalty. I think sometimes we get that misconstrued message within our industries that millennials, they just want technology. They just want like, oh, they could care less if they're talking with yeah. somebody. But being a millennial myself, working with many millennials in the past, like they actually, there's a piece of technology that of course that simplifies and, and it makes the process more I guess, more easy, if you will. But at the same time, they still want that human interaction. Yeah. So it's actually being able to combine that that human touch with technology, which is another big topic. And that's right. something that you and I were, were discussing as well, is technology is, it's, it's awesome. I mean, being kind of a software technology company, you guys, mm -hmm. yourself, technology companies are on the rise. FinTech is such a big word, a buzzword in our industry. Yeah. How, how do we leverage technology and automation, but at the same time, continue to really like, still have that human touch. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. People ask, is this a relationship business? Is this a technology business? And it's both. Um, sure. I think it's very important to leverage those tools. But the way I encourage people to think of them is it's all table stakes at this point, mm. right? Like having a website isn't a good to have. You need to have a website to do business now. You sure. need to have an integration with your LOS to whether it be quote fees, whether it be connect with your POS, like in order to be effective in business, in order to even be at the table and, you know, play in the game, those are table stakes. You have to ante up and get to the point where you're doing all of that or else nothing else is really going to matter. So I don't think technology and in, in most of these cases is in and of itself the game changer, but it helps you get to that relationship point is I think a better way to think about it is because it isn't going to make the edge in what you do, but if you don't have it, you're screwed.
This is a really cool, and I'm glad that you yeah. phrased it the way you did, is because so many people are looking at technology as like the main driving force. Like yeah. it is everything, but it's actually not. It is just a tool. Right. It's a cog in the wheel that helps yeah. drive everything forward, but it's not the the be all, the end all solution. It's not going to replace us. AI, machine yeah. learning, all this, it's not going to replace the originator. It's not going to replace that piece of the puzzle. It, it just can't. I'm, I mean, you and I've been doing this long enough to know that as as great as human learn or as machine learning and the AI and the advances right. that are happening there and the conversations that can that can come from it, you cannot replace Jim. You cannot replace Josh. You cannot replace that human interaction right. and that relationship that can be built. It just it will, in my opinion, it will never be done. And the fact that we're even like possibly or we're, we have people in our industry who are thinking that it can be done to me that's that's it's almost far-fetched and they're almost well, like their viewpoint is important like i don't know if you've, you're asked questions like hey uh josh how many clients i just started uh tweeting how many clients a month should i be getting for my Twitter account? <laughs> oh dude or, right hey, what's what's tiktok and should i be on it yep like, yep yeah so i i think and, and that was what i wanted to talk about with you is how can those things not feel like work to people right. and even to me doing posts and doing things on, on my end to get myself out there is it feels like work and there's plenty of other work that you need to do and when it's just checking a box off the list yeah. it makes it much more difficult so how do you so i mean let's talk about that how do you go down a road of not making it a job because do i literally get that question all the time is like do i have to be on social and the fact that you even had a you know even a few years ago had a ceo or a founder of a company talking about well you know I, we don't use the internet we don't need the internet and now people to this day like with what shred does being an attention impact network yeah. telling people they should be doing podcasts telling them they should be using social media and right. people asking those questions like well should i be using tiktok should i be using youtube should i be on facebook like but i love that you said it the way you did they're just yeah. trying to check a box off they're not looking at it as creating valuable content they're not looking yeah. at it as an engaging like i with what you and i are doing right now this is enjoyable to me i i live to yeah. do a show i live to have somebody on number one we're having human interaction which we don't have as much of anymore but yeah. we shouldn't look at growing your brand or growing your attention as just checking mm -hmm. a box and dude, i'm sure you've been down the same road as, as me if the first words out of a company's mouth or a cmo asked me well what's the roi of social media they don't get it. Like they told, like it's not going to be something that after 20 tweets, you should have 20 clients. Like it just doesn't work right. that way. But to my point before, if someone's looking you up, whether it be on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on something like that, and they don't see anything um, versus someone looks you up and see that you, you post, you know, a few times a week or you're pretty active, that's going to make someone more comfortable with you. And that certainly has an ROI. You can't really measure it, which is of part course. of the problem, but it gives you that expertise and authority. And it also makes you look like a real person. Do you think there will ever come, this is actually an interesting question. Do you think there will ever come a time where we can measure? I know there are companies who are trying to, but being in software and understanding technology, will there ever come a time where we can actually measure the ROI of social media? Sure. Right. I think, I think it depends at the, other, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. Um, I think the human interaction piece is difficult. And I think just the way sales work for yeah. me is difficult. I can't even measure the ROI of a conference sometimes because oh, yeah. I'm, I don't sign anyone at a conference booth. I don't sign anyone while I'm sitting there, but I meet someone, they recommend a client or I meet someone for the third out of five times. Then you get a demo, then you get something. So they help. But right. it, it's, I think it's the marketing 
trope of half your dollars are useless. You just don't know which half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so right, and, and you as a marketer probably don't like that. But I, no, I, it's 100% I true. There's a problem with some of that um, where you don't necessarily know um, – how measurable those things can be. Well, and I don't know if it is, I, I love that you compared to conferences because I do, I compare to conferences all the time. I, I'll have a client that says, well, you know, you know, building a podcast or putting out a show, is it really relevant? And I'm like, well, the last conference, I know that was a while ago that we all went to conferences, but think of the last conference that you went to. How much did you spend on that conference and how many deals did you walk away from? And I would bet that you can't really quantify how many deals you actually walked away from, but you were in front of people. They saw you visually. Yeah. They saw your booth. They saw like, right. They saw you, they built a relationship with you and you can't calculate that ROI because that relationship is a long-term relationship. That's well, why you're there. That point too, they would say it's MBA annual. You have to be there. Everyone's exactly. There. And Everybody's then if you're saying it's the internet, you have to have a website. You have to be on, on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, dude, it's funny that you even compare that because that's a hundred percent true. And I guarantee, and I know companies are not looking at it that way. They're looking at it as just another checkbox, yeah. like we talked about. They're just like, well, I, you know, people are saying that we have to do it, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hire a PR firm or a marketing firm just so I can check that box off, just so I can throw up a post. Which, again, to your point, like you were making, it's good that you're at least getting something out there. But we, as an industry, have to start to change our mindset and start to change the content that we're putting out, that we're actually trying to get the end consumer consumer right. to, to consume. Because if we're not, if we're just checking the box, people, we just become noise. And I talk about this all the time. Yeah. You don't just make noise, make an impact. That content that you're putting out has mm -hmm. to impact your audience. It has to impact the community. Because if it's not, ultimately, it's just noise yeah. in our industry. And I think that's a really good point. And I was listening to an interview you gave, I think last week, and you made a point about that of People put pricing information, product information in the industry out. I actually saw an email today um, that said, um, check out our V-A-I-R-R-R-L loans. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Like I clicked because I was confused and I also wanted to bring it up as an example. But like that's like think of who's looking at it. Think who are you trying to get to with that type of information. Um, and I think that's that's difficult. Um, for me, I before I started my company seven years ago, I had no selling experience. Sure. The thing I always wanted to try to avoid is being that like snake oil used car uh, of course. trope that they have. And the way that I view it, which has been helpful to me, is I want to be a resource. Yeah. I want potential clients, clients to say, hey, Jim, can you do this? Or do you know someone who can do this? Right. Because then I look, I'm helping people and then people come to me. And I can say, I don't do this, but talk to Josh. Josh Josh does this. Or Karen at another company or something like that. And that network effect is really powerful. And social media and digital marketing is a wonderful way of being a resource. Right. Um, that's a way I like to view it. And I would encourage other people in the industry to do the same. You're not selling, you're providing, you're being a resource for someone and you want people to come to you with questions, whether it be about mortgages, whether it be about social media, just whatever, whatever your expertise is. Brilliant point made, Jim. Like, and I've, I've tried to hit that home with so many people and industry professionals, mortgage professionals, you 
all you, one of your main goals for being on social media is being a valuable resource. So when people do go to buy, when they go to refinance, when they go to their VA Earl, <laughs> whatever it is, like they, they know like, Oh my gosh, Jim has been talking about that. Jim's been posting about that. He's, he is that resource that I see in my feed on a regular basis. So they are going to turn to you. Same thing on a company basis. You have to continue to put out valuable, not just sending an email about VA Earls, but talking about it to the originator community, how it can benefit our veterans. I mean, this last week, veterans in particular, it was, you know, it was uh, Veterans Day, putting out posts and putting out content around that, that is yeah. valuable. Being right. that resource yeah. is, is more important than anything. Think of the difference of the subject of that email about VA Earls versus um, how veterans can benefit in the mortgage industry or how 100%. the mortgage industry helps. What, what's a more compelling subject line there? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's it too, is finding little ways to be more compelling. Like how do you get people to really catch? Uh, yeah. We we live in an industry, we work in an industry that is so, it's been the same for so long and it's guys like you and I and so many, there's some other great people as well working alongside that we're collaborating with, trying to change that mindset. I yeah. think we have an uphill battle ahead of us. I'm excited for it because there are some, there's some great opportunity to be had and some great yeah. valuable people and resources that we're going to be able to all benefit from. But it does it does take us all working together and collaborating to, to kind of get through that mindset. Um, so being that we're in a pandemic now, marketing and sales kind of has shifted a little bit. What's your mm -hmm. thoughts on on how it continues to shift as we're going into a new year, 2021? What are your, what are your thoughts on marketing and sales in a pandemic? Um, parts of it, quite frankly, make it easier for me to do my job and parts of it make it much harder. Sure. I think from a technology perspective, I had Zoom before the pandemic. It was great for product demos. It's great for me to show someone how software works, work through an issue with a client. Um, most of our clients, I never really end up seeing in person aside from conferences. So that is what I miss, getting to interact with people, getting to network, getting to get new partners and, and grow that network and find potential new clients. But from a software demo perspective, from the types of things you need to do sitting in front of a computer, it's pretty damn convenient. Um, yeah. And I also think that parts of what the you know new normal is going to be, we're not going to revert back to the exact same conferences that we went to, especially some of the regional ones. Right. I think we've seen the importance of that. And the thing that is very tough to replace is the impromptu interactions that you have at a conference. And For I think sure. that's what I miss the most. I was actually in a technology conference the other day where I was exhibiting in the booth um, was just a little chat room and you could go from <laughs> chat room to chat room. And I was so damn excited because I was just sitting there in the chat and like someone would pop up and it would be like that interaction of like someone walking up to your booth and you don't know. And if I was a dog, my tail would be wagging. I was like, oh, I get to meet a new friend now. Like, it made me just realize how starved I was for that type of kind of conference interaction. It's so funny coming from a world where you and I traveled so much, you know, in 2019, especially even beginning of 2020, where we're going to these shows, meeting people in person. And now we we do, I, as I talked to a lot of the people that were on like, what I call like the traveling circuit for the industry, we, we miss that. Like, and that's why going back to the point we made in the very beginning of this show is humans, our human nature is we love interacting with people. Like even if it's in the beginning, it's awkward and it's a little bit like, I don't know this person. I'm trying to break through that barrier, trying to find that commonality. But technology does allow us to use that. Marketing, Zoom, Zoom has become like, it, is, it has become to shape our world. But that human interaction 
will mm-hmm. never be able to be replaced. That I mean, that dog, the tail wagging that you mentioned, like I, I experienced that when I get to meet somebody via Zoom or via a conference call for the first time, you just get excited. You look, you look forward to that. Yeah. And so I think our, our industry will continue to develop technology and will continue to utilize it in that way. I, I hope that this this uh, vaccine that they've come out with will, will allow us to hopefully get back in person sooner yeah. than later. But it's it's interesting to see, even over the last you know nine months, how, as our industry has changed, I think some good has come out of it. I think there's a lot of things that we've learned, some yeah. technology that has been advanced in ways that we never expected in the timeline that they have. But ultimately, it's a, it's a new world that we're living in, Jim. Yeah, certain things, I mean, unless you're really forced to make the change, it's not going to happen as quickly. Right. And social media, I'm sure, is a great example. You've had a lot more calls from people in the last year than you would have otherwise. Yeah. Right? Because now they have to they have to utilize these tools in a way they wouldn't before. Same with things like remote notarizations, e-closings, all these things that were coming, but now that day is here and they have to adapt to them. So. 100%. While there's a lot of pain and suffering out there right now, I think there are a lot of things that are going to be different and for the better on the other side of this. I agree. I think we've learned a lot. We've grown a lot. There's a yeah. lot of things that have come out of this that are going to ultimately uh, help mm-hmm. us grow and to yeah. and become more efficient. I uh, like Lodestar has again with the you know the the. Uh, uh, loan process and mm-hmm. all the different parts that go into it. I think we've become more efficient. We've grown and we come better from it. So with that, Jim, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. All that you have shared, all that Lodestar is doing with the loan estimate, with the process, all yeah. the parts, the critical parts of the process over the mortgage origination process that we just don't think about. So thank you to you, to your team that continues to help us become better every single day. And thanks for all that you shared today. I appreciate it. Gosh, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, and I guarantee there's a lot of future conversation that you and I can have as we continue yeah. to uh, see the industry change and continue well, to I adapt. A whole lot of things I didn't even cross off half my list for my prepared notes. So. See, oh, me and you, we got the, you guys got to tune in for another show with the gym and I because we have lots more to talk about. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for joining us on this show today. Again, a huge shout out to Jim Paulino and Lodestar for joining us on this show and for all that was discussed. I guarantee you got a little bit of something that's going to help you within your business. And with that, we appreciate you. We love you. And now it's time for you to go shred, go show up, hustle, repeat every day. We'll see you guys. See you, Jim. See you. Have a good one.